0: Well, we finished First uh, John last uh, Wednesday night, and uh, with really an emphasis on truth, we're going to continue right on into Second John. In fact, I'm just keeping it in the series, so this is Sermon 28 in Second John, but it's the first sermon in Second John. You follow me? Okay. So we're just keeping it in the same series: First John, Second, and Third. And so let's stand together as we find our place in the short and yet packed epistle. Of Second John, and we'll find the same really in Third uh, John. I had big ambitions. I was going to preach it in one shot, <laughs> but then reality set in. Uh, this morning, and thought in thinking, no, that's not happening. So let's just go at it at least in two. At least in two. I'm sure there could be even more. <coughs> um, Brother uh, Matt Sperling, we were talking in fellowship in just a little bit. Didn't you enjoy that the creation conference and the preaching? My soul was so good. And and um, you know he he did while well, he's going through a series in Genesis. What was it? He did fifty one sermons in Genesis one through eleven. Fifty one in Genesis one through eleven. That's a lot of preaching. And uh, then I forget how many he's done in Luke. He's not quite done. In fact, his kids and I think the church call it the everlasting gospel of Luke. (laughs) The everlasting gospel. So anyways. All right. So, you know, you get into these and you just begin to realize, wow, there's a lot to think about here. So let's let's look at it here in in 2 John. This may be one of the first times that uh, you've heard a message out of 2 John. To my knowledge, it's the first time I've preached one out of 2 John. So it was very uh, interesting to study. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the what? Truth. And not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. There it is again. For the truth's sake, okay, so we're picking up a theme here real quick, truth. If you haven't picked that up, you you haven't got to church yet, (laughs) right? Truth, all right? For the truth's sake, which, watch this, dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Truth abides forever, okay? And then he gives this greeting in verse 3, grace be with you. Mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you feel that? It's on an equal basis from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's significant. It's identifying they're distinct in person and yet equal in essence from the Father, from the Son. Notice what he says next in verse three, and keep in mind this is really just a carryover from the first epistle. The Son of the Father. In truth and what? Love. The Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly, John says, that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady... Not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we what? Love one another. Okay, so for truth's sake, I love in the truth. He says, I'm not writing anything new, I'm not trying to be novel here. In fact, I'm just repeating to you what we had from the beginning, that you love, that we love one another. Verse number six, and this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. Walk in it. Walk according to it. Walk in it. Now, I'm going to keep reading just a little bit further, although that's all we're covering. Verses 1 through 6, okay? But I think it'll help us understand verses 1 through 6 just to go a little bit further into this one chapter book. For many deceivers, are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Does that sound familiar from our study of 1 John? This, John says, is a deceiver and an antichrist. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, Christ hath both the father and the son okay, do you see why we're not going to tackle all that tonight yes. we're just going to do a little bit but I want you to see this I want you to see at least verse number 10 if, any, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine Receive him not into your home, into your house, rather. Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Don't, don't let him in the house, don't even give him Godspeed. Don't say, God bless you on your way. No, in fact, you're hoping God doesn't bless him on his way. God has no reason to bless him on his way. And yet he said, love one another. But at the same time, he said, don't let him in your house. Which is it? Love one another or don't let them in your house? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Got it. it. Okay, here's the title Protecting Our Homes with Truth and Love. Protecting Our Homes with Truth and Love. You say, well, what about our church? Well, if we protect our homes, that'll protect our church. (laughs) Protecting our homes with truth and love, part one, and then we'll do part two in about two weeks. So may God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Let's get right to it here tonight. We do have a lot to cover. One individual um, referred to the idea of truth and love and saying this, no letter more beautifully balances those twin Christian graces—twin Christian graces, truth and love, like they're twins. Don't you love twins? Um, we got some twins in here. I, um, Angie and I, just had some fellowship with uh, David and Christy Story, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church up in Edmond, and. And they have twins. Christy was our adopted daughter, so we are grandparents. Right? Of twins. So they had twins. They have Oliver and Olivia. Isn't that awesome? Oliver and Olivia, they call him Ollie and her Livy. So Ollie and Livy. I love it. Love it. Neat. We've got Austin and Ian. I'm not sure if they're here tonight or not, but the Geist family. I love Austin and Ian and... And I can't tell them apart all the time. I, there's a moment, Brother Sean, I didn't ask uh, you and Miss Sarah about this, but there, I've got a favorite peewee moment. I think it was peewee. I'm not 100%. It was wee peewee. Yeah, so the boys were in peewee, and at the end of the program, in unison, without anything being planned, they both said, la, 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 just like that. <laughs> How many you remember that? Man, that was a moment. I've gone back and watched that. Anytime I need just a little bit of a comic relief, brother, I go back. Boys, I'm not, I am not. hope I'm not embarrassing you. It's too late. But anyways, it was awesome. They were working together in tandem. Okay, uh, where's Brother Ben and Caleb? Ben and Caleb, are they in church tonight from Washington? Where are they at? i have got twins here. Guys in the balcony. Okay, y'all stand up. Where are you at? Uh, right here. Okay. Ben and Caleb. Is that right? Ben? Ben over here? Is that Ben? Yep. Hey, Yes. Totally a guess. Totally a guess. All right, from Foundation Baptist Church in uh, uh, Sammamish, Washington. God bless you all. May be seated. These guys, I know most of you can't see them. Obviously, they're up in the balcony. But they were working at a house there on Heartland's property. And I I met one of them. I met them before even preaching there. But but, uh, anyway, at camp. But I saw one in one room, and I went to another room. And there he was again. (laughs) How did you? There's two of them makes a difference. All right. Now, really, that's just a total side issue, but, but, but here is the truth. Truth and love are twins, that's good. just by way of analogy. They work together. They work together. And John here, I hope you caught it in just those first six verses. I mean, he's really just kind of setting the stage for what he's going to talk about in this short brief letter to this elder uh, elect lady that is not named, but uh, he's going to say to her much about truth and much about love. So he's just, he's just setting the, the stage. But if you look through the New Testament, we're not going to take time but to look at all these verses, but look back in chapter 3 and verse number 23 of 1 John. Would you do that? Since we're so close, we can do this. 1 John 3, I know we don't normally turn a lot of places and we're only going to look at two. Uh, 1 John 3, 23, this is his commandment. That we should what? Believe. Okay, so what do we believe? We believe truth, right? So the word truth doesn't show up here, but I think you can see the connection, okay? So this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And of course, we understand from First John that they were having all these problems with falsehood. And that which is false is obviously that which is contrary to the truth. So he says this, you should believe on the name of Je- his son, Jesus Christ, and what? Love one another. There it is again. Truth and love. Believe, have faith. We might even say it that way. Have faith. Let faith be governing in the church. And love. Truth and love. Faith and love. How are we doing so far? All right, we're just on the front porch. We're not even in the house yet. Okay. All right, let's look at chapter five in verse number one. Five, one of first John. Whosoever, What? Believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat talking about the new birth loveth him also that is what begotten of him so if you love the father then you love his children. All right. And if you believe in Jesus as your savior, you believe he's the Christ, you believe he's the son of God. You you believe just like the Bible teaches that he is 100 percent God. I hope you haven't got tired of me preaching that, but because it's been all through the book of first John and and it's going to be all through the book of second John. It's going to be all through the book of third John because he's dealing with the same issue. And so he's saying, listen, you've believed in him, so love one another, all right? So we're not going to turn to these verses, but in Colossians, it says, as Paul writes, he says to the Colossian believers, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have to all the saints. Philemon chapter five, he says, hearing of thy thy love and faith in Christ Jesus and to all the saints. So love and faith are in that chapter as well. And, And so it's really the faith that is driving the love for the saints, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 1, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of everyone towards each other aboundeth. So your your faith is growing, it's built on on truth, and at the same time, your love is growing. Okay, truth and love working in tandem together, I submit to you, they are twins. (laughs) Now, why is he emphasizing that? What's the background to this? Well, as you know, um, in 1 John, if you've been here in the series, then you know that there were some that were amongst those believers, but they weren't true believers. Isn't that right? And they went out and they were denying the, the humanity of Jesus Christ. Some of them were denying the deity of Jesus Christ. They were into false doctrine. So these, these that had departed from the faith are out there roaming around. Okay, they're, they're out there in the communities. They're out there in Asia Minor. They're floating around. And so preachers in that day and time, as they would travel to preach, they didn't get to stay in a nice hotel. They didn't have nice hotels. They had inns, but the inns were uh, notorious for bad stuff going on there. And so they wouldn't want to put them up in an inn. They didn't have Airbnbs. Okay, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have nice, uh, nice apartments that they put them in. No, what they would do is they'd take them into their homes. Paul, Paul stayed in the house of Jason. Paul stayed in the house of, uh, of uh, Philip, the evangelist in Caesarea, Maritina. He stayed there in that house, which is interesting to me because there's one time that Paul was making raids on homes like that. Next thing you know, he's sitting down having table fellowship with them. Yeah, right. Why? Because his faith in Jesus produced love for those saints. Okay? Faith and love, faith and love, faith and love, truth and love, truth. So John is writing here to this elect lady. We'll get to that in just a moment. He's writing to her and he's saying, listen, I know your faith and I know your love, but be careful. Hang on, I got to make sure everybody's on the bus right here. I know your faith. I know you love Jesus. I know you trust him. And I know you love people. You're kind. I have in my mind, this is probably a little bit of an older lady, uh, maybe even a widow lady. We don't have any record of her husband. And so maybe she's just, she's the kind of lady that you just go to her house and she's bringing out the cookies. Come on. When I was pastor at Meadowview Baptist Church, uh, there was one of the widow ladies. There's five widow ladies. Brother Copes here tonight, he can attest to this. And Miss Edith Walker was one of those dear, sweet uh, widow ladies that really, five of them kept the church together. And it's a, it's a blessing. But Miss Edith was one of the check signers. And so I was not one of the check signers. So it had to have two signers. Miss Jennifer Mitchell would, would sign the check and write, you know, for us to pay our bills as a church. And so then part of my job is I'd go over to Miss Edith's house and I'd get her to sign a check. Well, I always look forward to check signing day because not only did she sign checks, but dear friends, she made chocolate chip cookies and a bunch of them was awesome. I think about this elder lady, this elect lady, being somebody like a Miss Edith or, or somebody that's a just a dear saint of a lady. And she's got these these children as well that are growing up in the truth. And so John is saying, listen, I know your faith. I know that you love people. I know that you're kind, but you better beware. Because there are individuals that are going around that don't hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's really what is going on here in this doctrinal and moral crisis, John is preempting this and he's saying, listen, you've got to be careful and don't let them in your home. Amen. Thank you, Bill Smith. <laughs> Can Billy come out and play? Nope. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Remember those days? Hey, can 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 Billy come out and play? And some kid in the neighborhood would would come by the house. And but the parents were there to guard, right? And maybe if Billy's a good kid, we'll let we'll let whoever it is, <laughs> let him play with him. But if Billy's not a good kid, uh-uh. But now now they don't come now they don't come and knock on the on the door, they show up on kids' screens. And so what what this letter is helping us understand is that what took place back then continues to take place today, but they don't show up at the front door. Okay, and we need to be aware because our homes are under attack. You say, "Well, well, what about what's really going on here? Well, here's really what's taking place. Satan is at war against the truth. He's been at war against the truth. No, we saw this, didn't we, in the creation conference? Satan's been at war against the truth from the very beginning. And my soul, I mean, really, what happened on Sunday night, if you were here, is Brother Matt Sperling preached the whole Bible, is what he did. Cover to cover, he preached the whole Bible. And what we see cover to cover is that God stands for the truth and Satan deals in lies. He's the father of lies. And so right here, there's a war on the truth. And I just want to say to you tonight, listen, dear friend, there is an all-out war that is going on in our very country against the truth. And as Isaiah said, that truth is falling in the street, and some of it is falling in the street, and truth has been cast aside in the banner, under the banner of love and tolerance. And getting along and so we really need this book and I know that it's short, but I'm telling you it's power packed and we need to understand as to why he's emphasizing truth and he's emphasizing love and then let's let that same guard, that same filter be a guard and a filter for your home. Okay, so he says the elder, so he doesn't name himself as John, but we, we understand it to be John, we're not going to spend time on that, he's the elder, does it speak of his position, does it speak of his age, probably a little bit of both. He's older by this point in time. He's been in a position of leadership. He's been right there where they were in Ephesus along the way. Uh, He's he's experienced persecution. Um, Hey, let me say this. We ought to be listening. We ought to be listening to the Johns that are in our life. The elders that are in our life. Those that have lived for God for a good while. Those that have had a walk with God for a good while. Hey, I want to say to all the young members of Southwest Baptist Church, how many of you are young members of Southwest Baptist, young members? Raise your, young, young, you say, (laughs) there's a few. Come on, while you can, raise your hand, right? The young members of of your church, there's some that just raised their hand. I'm not sure exactly which category that you're fitting in there. But anyways, uh, (laughs) there's the younger members of Southwest Baptist Church. And really this is relative to age because those that are in a senior in high school, you're older than those that are in junior high. And they ought to be able to look up to you and say, that kind of faith, that kind of love. That's right, that's really good. And then the young Mary's that are here ought to be able to look at the family foundations class or the home builders class and say, that kind of faith, that kind of love. And the home builders ought to be able to look at the harvesters and say, that kind of faith, that kind of love. And the harvesters ought to be able to look at Oh, I'm going to get in trouble here if I go too much further, but you get what I'm saying. They ought to be able to look at either the crusaders or the real people and say, that kind of faith, that kind of love, or the Southwest Bible class, that kind of faith, that kind of love. Hey, I'm telling you, that kind of faith, that kind of love builds homes. But I'm telling you, those homes are under attack. Your home is under attack. Young people, listen, your life is under attack. Satan wants to draw you away. Um, uh, Those of you that are in the middle age, hey, Satan wants to draw you away. And don't get in your mind that once you hit a certain age at age 65 that somehow Satan's going to leave you alone. Oh no, you're also in his targets. In his target because he's targeted against your faith and against your love. So he, el- the elder here is writing, hey, by the way, while we're at it, let me just say this because John is a minister of the gospel. I think those of us that are in the younger category as ministers of the gospel or borderline there, those of us that are in the younger category, we ought to be looking at the Dave Hardys. We ought to be looking at the Sam Davisons and the others that are like that and see what their life has produced. And whatever it is that caused their life to produce that, we need that. And not say, no, I don't want that. I want something new. No, actually, I'd like to have something like John, like John the Beloved had here. So if you want that kind of product, you need to live that kind of life. Okay. Truth and love will get you there. Is this making sense so far? Do I need to start back over? We doing good? You following along? Okay. So he says to the elect lady, okay, now who's this elect lady? Are there some, there's some debate about this, that, that it is a personification of a church or it's figurative for a church, the elect the elect lady and her children. I'm not buying it. Uh, Probably about three out of four commentaries that I read said it's probably his code for church. I think there's too much against it in the text. I don't know how much time you got tonight, but I've got 12 reasons as to why I'm not buying that. You got time for 10? All right, I'll give you 10. I don't know if I got 12, but I got a few. If, If it is the elect lady referring to the church, why does he refer to her that way? If it is a church, if it is a local church, why didn't he just say church he does in other places? Um, if he says that the elect lady and her children and the children are the members of the church, but if the elect lady is the church, why does not he refer to the children as members of the church? Why not just say elect lady and that takes care of everything? Okay, now, come on now. That's some Kentucky logic kicked in right there. But I think you can follow that. Right? Okay. And then the pronouns, the pronouns are singular. Thy and thee, anytime in your King James Bible. See, this is one of the benefits of using a King James Bible is that when you have a pronoun that starts with a Y, then it's second person plural. When you have a pronoun that starts with a T, like thee or thou or thy, that's (laughs) That's second person singular. And that'll benefit you because you can't tell in other versions. But here he says thee and thy, and he's speaking to a person. And later on, he's going to say you, but that's because he's talking about her and her kids. This is very easy. I'm not trying to make a big issue out of you. None of you maybe even believe this, so I'm not trying to waste your time. But I'm just simply saying, I'm trying to establish that, that this is in reference to the home, not to the church. But what goes on in the home is going to have an impact on what goes on in the church. Okay. All right. So, so then another reason is that he says, don't let them in your house. Well, some say, well, that just means her, the church was where the, the her house is where the church was meeting. Could be, but he says, don't let them in the house. I think it just means what it says. Yeah. One of the rules of hermeneutics is this. If it makes plain sense, seek no other sense. The apostles refer to churches as churches. John, under the Lord Jesus' supervision and, and inspiration there, the revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 2, 3, about the churches that are in this area, referred to them as churches. Verse number 13 is a reference to a sister church. So unless that's like uh, to her sister, thy elect sister. Unless that's another church, then it's probably her sister. I know this is not life-changing, but I'm just simply saying to you, there's something to think about here. And then he says, I want to see you face to face. And that could be he's wanting to see the church. I totally understand that. But then when you take into account third John and he's writing to Gaius or Gaius, then that's an individual. And he's saying, listen, you got to be careful about what's going on around here. I think he's talking to a lady, a real life lady that is potentially going to face some trouble with somebody that's going to come by her house and want to do a Bible study. Well, in modern times, we've got all kinds of social media outlets. They don't even have to come knock on your door to do a Bible study with you. You could do something in your house and nobody else even knows about it. But I want to tell you something here tonight. You are just as much responsible to make sure that you're governing your home by truth and by love as much as if a Jehovah's Witness or some other cult member shows up at your door. And you ask them to say the pledge and they won't do it. Anyways, we'll move on. He says, Listen, um, you need to pay attention to what's going on and with the truth, that you've known the truth. I'm writing to you because you love the truth. Verse number one, he says, For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in you, uh, within, in us rather, which shall be with us forever. Grace, watch this, verse number three. We're doing okay? Verse number three says, Grace, mercy, and peace. Hey, what an atmosphere! What a great place and what, a, what, what kind of a, of a home that she would want to have there. One that's filled with God's grace. She's been saved. Their children are saved. And, and that they've experienced God's mercy rather than his wrath. That they got peace. But watch this. If your home, if your marriage and your family is going to be characterized by grace mercy and peace there's got to be truth and love that's operating so that's what he says in the latter part of verse number three in truth and in love okay now notice again let me back up just in verse three a little bit from god the father and the lord jesus christ from the lord jesus christ the son of the father so obviously he's dealing with with doctrine there and he's saying listen uh they are equally god in the part of the godhead and yet distinct in persons Truth. Notice verse number four, if you would please. He says, "I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children what walking in truth, walking in truth." Um, he's not just here dealing with a theological statement, because what we believe needs to show up in how we live. Someone said it this way, doctrine leads to deeds or duty. In fact, what you live is what you actually believe, Vance Havner said. Hey, wait wait a minute, let me run that by you again. What you live is actually what you believe. You say, well, I'm not sure if I follow that. Well, what you are living is what you're actually believing. The rest is just religious talk, he said. Okay, what you live, the way it shows up in your life, is actually what you believe. It is possible tonight that the God of heaven could be your professed God, but not your practical God. Because you know enough theologically to say, yes, there's one God and I follow him. But come Monday morning, you might be living different than that. So what you actually, how you actually live shows up, shows or reveals rather what you actually believe. So John is saying here, I just want to rejoice in this, that your children walk in truth. Hey, by the way, just because there are some who get away from God, don't let that cause you to miss the opportunity to rejoice in those that are faithful. Because John is saying, listen, I know there's some that have departed, but I'm so glad that your children are walking in the truth. What a blessing. Rejoice greatly, verse 4, that thy children were walking in the truth as we've received a commandment from the Father. Okay, let me just finish this out and then I want to say quite a bit about truth and love, okay? Are Are you with me here tonight? I realize it's not easy preaching, but it's important preaching. We're getting getting to the application here. I want you to see this though. So he says in verse five, Now I beseech thee, lady, as though I wrote a new commandment, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee. By the way, those that had left, they were presenting some kind of a new idea. John says, I'm not into new ideas because we got all the ideas from God that we need. So he's saying, I'm not presenting anything new, but here's what I am presenting that you would, we would love one another. This is love that we walk after his commandments. This is true love. This is love. Um, You can't have true love without truth. If you don't have truth, you don't have true love. It can't be that way. You say, well, I love him. I love her. Well, you may be lusting him or her. Because true love operates according to truth. Well, in our day and time, love is love. You can't can't separate truth and love here. He says, in truth and love. In truth and love. And this is love. Just in case we weren't real clear about it, verse number six. This is love that we walk after his commandments. We demonstrate that we love God by the fact that we keep his commandments. Jesus said as much. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, that ye should walk in it. Okay, listen to this. Okay, I realize this is going to be just a little bit of a lengthy quote, but I think it's going to help us. Listen. John Stott said this, The fellowship of the local church is created by truth, and exhibited in love. What is it that brought, what is it? I'm going to comment here. What is it that has brought us all together on a Wednesday night? Truth. The truth of Jesus Christ has brought us here together tonight. How do we show our faith? Exhibited in love to one another. Okay. Okay. Each, he says, qualifies the other. Truth qualifies love. Love qualifies truth. It goes both ways. On the one hand, listen, our love is not so blind as to ignore the views or conduct of others. Okay, our love, talking about true, hang on, wait, don't check out on me here. True biblical love doesn't say, well, if you want to call that love, or if you want to believe that, that's okay. No, truth won't allow you to do that. My, my grandmother, I think I shared with you a few Sundays ago that, that um, as we were uh, kids growing up, their long driveway, it had uh, in the asphalt just a, kind of a, a crack in the road. And, and so she would say this, hey, you can, ri- you can ride your bike as far as that and don't go any further. You know why she said that? Because of truth. And because of love. The truth is, is that that road is dangerous. Her love says, don't go near that road because the truth is, is that it's dangerous. So her love and understanding of truth was qualifying. You say, well, if she really loved me, she'd let me do what I want to do. And you go out there and play in that road? You're not gonna make it. It doesn't matter if you grew up playing Atari and playing Frogger. Hey, listen, this is not, this is, I don't know where that came from. This is, this is not, this is not beloved. This is not a game. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of life and death you say, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. That's not true. And because you've got somebody that loves you, they're gonna tell you other than that. Right. It's not okay. If you believe that that glass of water is, is, is a glass of water, but actually with cyanide or some other kind of poison, it would be unloving for me to let you go ahead and drink that even though I knew the truth. No, that wouldn't be loving. So here's what we need to do. Let those that love you lead you. Who loves you? Well, God loves you. Who loves you? Your parents love you. If you've got parents that care about you. Hey, I realize not everybody has that, but if you've got that tonight, you ought to thank God tonight that you've got parents that love you enough to tell you no. So just telling you, yeah, just, just sleep with whoever you want to. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to stir up any emotions here tonight either. I'm just simply trying to say, listen, those that love you genuinely and know the truth are setting some boundaries in your life. And they're saying, listen, you can't let that guy in your life. You can't let that girl in your life. And it doesn't matter who tells you that you can. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you see on social media. It doesn't matter who else has got a girlfriend or boyfriend at age Twelve. The truth is, the the truth is, is you're not ready for a relationship at that age. Right. The maturity has not yet kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> Try twenty something, yeah. or hang on till thirty something. Hey, I'm just simply saying, listen, don't mess your life up there, out, out there just doing what you want to do, playing out there in the streets, so to speak, and, and just live it any way that you want to. Listen, that is not true, and that is not love. And John is saying, listen, I'm concerned because there are individuals that are going around, and they're saying things that are not true to God's Word. And John Sott went on to say this, our love for others is not to undermine our loyalty to the truth. Our love for others is not to undermine our loyalty to the truth. And so he says, listen, dear lady, I know that you love people, but don't let them in your house. Don't even give them a cookie because they don't believe in our Christ. You see. So don't let your loyalty. So it almost seems like, well, he says we ought to love one another. But then he says, turn them away. Does it seem like it computes? Oh, it computes very well when you think about truth and love governing what you do and why you do it. I like what one man, Alexander, said. He said, "This tolerance, the, the tolerance on which we pride ourselves, is in reality indifference to truth." And and I added just a little bit to that. The tolerance, and that isn't that word being tossed around here today. You need to be more tolerant. You need to be more open-minded. The, the word tolerant here really used in that context is really, just, is really more rooted in this, indifference to the truth or hostility to the truth. He says, I hear of your faith and love. I hear of your truth that you walk in the truth. I hear that you're allowing that to govern what you do. And I want, I want to warn you that there's those that are coming and he's encouraging them. He's encouraging this Christian family. If I could just simply say it that way and then I'm going to make some application here tonight and, and going to do more in the coming weeks. But, but John is exhorting this Christian family to remain faithful to the truth and remain faithful to loving one another because he knew that outside influences could lead them astray. The thing that we need to keep in mind here tonight is that as believers leading homes, and I realize that not everybody's in a marriage, hey, listen, don't you feel left out because you've got an individual life that matters to God. And truth will keep you out of a whole bunch of trouble. And love will help you, in and in, in true biblical love will help guide your steps. Because you'll recognize that's not loving, and that's not true, and that'll keep you on the right path. There are many couples here tonight that are married and and would to God that that you'd let truth, what is true and what is truly loving, keep you in a good relationship with one another. There's a lot of families here tonight. And I'm I'm telling you here this evening, I know that I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but there's a real enemy to what's going on in this church here. There's a real enemy to that Bible that you hold in your lap. There's a real enemy to your marriage. There's a real enemy to your home. There's a real enemy to your relationship with your parents. There's a real enemy in your relationship with your kids. There's a real enemy in your relationship with other church members that are here. And he loved nothing better than to disrupt your home. Because if he can disrupt your home, that'll have an impact on this church. And if he does that enough times, then then he's going to have an inroad into this church that's trying to lead people to Christ. So John is concerned about that, and he's he's sounding the alarm and saying, listen, this is not a false alarm. There are many people that are out there, and they're not preaching and teaching and living what is true. But you know what is true, and you know what is love. And so let those things guide you in these very tough decisions that sometimes you have to make. People can come across and say, well, you're so unloving. Because you're judging others. No, listen, it's not judgment when you're discerning and you're making some decisions about what would be good for your life and what would be good for your family, what would be wholesome for your life and family. Listen, that is not being judgmental, that's just being smart. If you're saying tonight, man, my parents are just they're so they're so controlling. They don't want me to do anything. They want to be in church on Wednesday night. You ought to thank God. That you got a dad and a mom that's keeping you in church on Wednesday night. You know why? I thought about it on the way here tonight. Just if you want to get the, the essence of this message real quick. Just look what's happening in homes where truth is not working. And where love is not operating. Just stop and think about that a minute. Look at the chaos, confusion, strife, and hurt. Where every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. Where every woman is doing that which is right in her own eyes. And every dad is hands off. Or the, okay, wait a minute, there's, there's two parts to this. There's one side that's passive and, and not doing anything with the truth But then there may be another side of that where there's somebody that has the truth, but watch this, they're being harsh with it. It's not one over the other, either way. It's both. It's, we've got the truth, we need to be loving. Because it could be that you are waving the banner of the truth, but you're doing it in a harsh way. And I think maybe sometimes I come across that way and kids say to parents, well, I've really got us mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> except it sin. Yeah. Except it false doctrine. Yeah. And except it broken homes and broken lives and, and, and alcohol and drugs and lying and conniving and manipulation. I'm mad at all that. How about you? Because truth and love causes us to, to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Oh, but you're, you all, you're, you're, uh, you're homophobes and you, you don't like people that are, that are in a homosexual lifestyle. No, actually, the truth is, is that we love them more than the world that's just catering to their desires and and waving the banner of tolerance. And no, there's not a rainbow flag that's out there on the flagpole. But listen, there is is an American flag that's out there and there's a Bible in our hands and there's a God in heaven who establishes what is the truth and we would not be very loving to tell anybody otherwise. And we need to come across loving, I totally get that, yet without compromising. But didn't, isn't that what Paul did and others did is they preached the gospel and they see people saved that were in that even that way of life and such were some of you. But now you're washed and you're justified and you're, you're cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. It's unloving to tell somebody otherwise than that. Yeah. It's unloving. It's not true love. It's not operating according to truth. Truth says there is a male, there is a female, and there is a God plan for marriage. Amen. So John here is saying, listen, you've got to let truth guide. You've got to let love guide. And when you do that, then you won't, you won't just be swayed by every little thought that comes along the way. So I've got these points of application for you. Truth and love must continue to be the foundation of our church and families. Truth brought us together. Truth truth will keep us together. Love will help. You know, we're not all here tonight because we've all got the same personality. Actually, we don't. There's a lot of different personalities out here. Even among the twins. Twins. Truth and love will get us through, through some tough times. Satan wants to bust up your home. Satan wants to bust up this church. But truth and love will help you work it out. Yeah, but man, I'm at odds with her. Well, get back to what's true and work at being loving Hey, hey, notice I didn't say work at being right. Because that's what you want to do. But work at being loving. In fact, it'd be better if you won her rather than the argument. You say, well, I ain't letting her win the argument. You may be dealing with truth, but you're not being very loving about it. And that could also be about her being towards you, towards you, lady. Uh, uh, the truth is, is that God wants you to be respectful. Well, I'll be respectful when he gets loving. Oh, so wait a minute. What, what, how about we wait about uh, him loving you till you get respectful? No, no, no. He's supposed to be loving unconditionally. My respect is conditional. And you found that in what Bible? You didn't find it in the Bible because the truth is, is that it's respect. Unconditional, just like love is. He said, well, that's not what they said at work. Oh, what happened right there, somebody knocked on your door, so, so to speak, and said, well, you ought to give him a piece of your mind. Or you got that from some talk show or some podcast or some other place. You didn't get it from God's Word. Yeah, but I'm right. Well, you may be, but you're about to run him off. Huh? Huh? how we doing I'm glad brother Rocky's enjoying it yeah but my parents are just being unreasonable unreasonable you know what they did you know what they up and did took my phone that's one of my inalienable rights why they take your phone Oh, you didn't want to talk about that? (laughs) Evidently there's some area you're violating truth and they're trying to help you in love. So actually you ought to thank God that they care enough about you to help you. Everybody listen to this? That they care enough about you to help you get back on the path of truth in love. Because they don't want your life to get messed up. They don't want you to be another casualty out there in the road of life. Throwing your life away. No, 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 wait a minute. They care too much about you. Don't be at odds with them. And I realize they may have their own issues. No doubt every parent does. I do. I'm not proud of that, but there's times that I'm all about truth or, or the other side of that, parents. How about we just be real transparent here? Sometimes I can be so loving that I'm not really dealing with what's truth because I want them to like me. That's not helping anything either. don't number two don't allow outside sources pull you away from what was formed by the bond of truth and love don't let don't don't allow outside sources to pull you away from what is true and love don't don't let it pull you out of your family and don't let it pull you out of this church family because there'll be plenty, and we'll deal with this, but there'll be plenty that'll come along and they're on some kind of a theological journey and they love to have some partnership and you go along with them. And they'll depart from the word of God. Don't go. Just say, I'm settled. I know what I believe and I know why. I'm not going to be hateful about it. I'm not going to be mean-spirited about it, but I know God's word. and I know he loves all people, including Calvinists. And I love Calvinists and I want them to be right. Yes, but Calvinism is not right. I don't know how I got off on that. But anyways, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Come on. Don't let some influence in that shouldn't be there. You know what Nehemiah had to do in Nehemiah 13? He had to kick Tobiah yeah. out. Right. Threw his stuff out. Because he took up a room in the temple. that He didn't belong in there. Right. And it may be that you've let somebody take up residence in your life that does not belong there. That's right. That's right. But James Green preached quite a message last week. I got to listen to it. Amen. And he said, you know, when the man of God on a mission went and cried against the altar and then Jeroboam tried to get him to come to his house. He said no, because that was a secular influence trying to get in. But then when an old prophet said, you know, an angel told me you can come to my house and eat. Well, God had already clearly said, don't do that. So when it gets a little confusing, in fact, there's no confusion, maybe even more confusing than religious confusion. Well, he's a man of God. He's somebody that, well, just because he says he's a man of God doesn't mean he's got God's authority. Truth and love are both essential. Since Christian love is founded upon Christian truth, we shall not increase love by diminishing truth. Can I run that by you one more time? We don't increase love by diminishing truth. You have to uphold truth to have true love. As we deal with others we need to deal both in truth and love. Don't go soft on truth under the cover of being loving. But don't come across as harsh just cause you've got the truth. Both are detrimental. So how many of you would agree tonight, based on what we've listened to, what you've considered with me here from these first few verses? That both truth and love are very essential to the well-being of my life, and our families, and our church. So you need a good intake of truth. How do you get it? Every day you meet with God. Amen. You're going to be bombarded with all kinds of falsehood. Young people, you're, I mean, it's, it's coming unsolicited your way. Unsolicited. As you scroll through, it's coming your way. Parents, same thing. Adults, same thing. Pay attention in church when the Bible's preached and when it's taught. Don't talk among yourselves. I'm saying this at a good time because I don't see anybody talking among themselves. And don't go to sleep. You know why? Because you need this. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Ask questions from a reliable source. Get around some of the men or ladies that are here in the church that have been here for 30 and 40 years and ask them. And some of them will say, well, I I don't feel qualified. Well, they've walked with God a good while. They'll at least be trustworthy with you. It'd be a lot better than you Googling it. Families, read the Bible in your home. Pray together as a family. Family devotions ought not be a thing of the past. We need to read the Bible. Oh yeah, there'll be days you miss, but just get back into it. Get some good godly books that can help you, but mainly live in the Bible. Parents, um, that transfer of the faith <clears throat> doesn't happen at the push of a button. I wish it did. If, if I could find that button, I already push it. So they've got to be able to ask questions. Without getting nailed, let them ask questions. Ask them questions. And help it to go deep in their heart. On the way here tonight, we were listening to a song, um, and it's about the prodigal son. And I, I thought about it this way You know, that prodigal son, he came home. You know why he came home? He came back to truth. And he thought about the love that his father has for him. And there may be somebody here tonight that's out of God's will. You know what you need to do? Come back to the truth. God's way is the best way. And there's no love greater than his love. So this thing of truth and love will not only get you started on the right path, keep you on the right path, but it also can get you back on the right path. Even when you've got off track. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the truth in your word, this bedrock, foundation for life. Thank you for the example we see in your word of love, a word that's so flippantly tossed around today, but that we genuinely see in our Savior and we ought to exhibit to one another. Help us to have the boldness and the courage that John is exhorting this dear lady to have. That when confronted with error, that God, you'd help us to graciously but courageously stand. God, help us to be bold as a lion when it comes to the truth, and yet loving and gentle as a shepherd of the sheep. Give us that godly mixture that we see in our Savior, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.